Welcome to the Everyday Vacation Podcast. My name is MJ Gordon, minimalist entrepreneur and lifestyle coach, and I'll be sharing with you resources, people, and messages to help you create more balance and energy so you can live life on your terms. Thank you for being here with me today. Let's get the vacation vibes rolling. Hello, hello, welcome. Today we have a very special guest. She's an international business advisor, performance coach, and speaker on productivity and strategy. She is a boss at creating high performance habits and teaching people how to add time to their schedules. She's a mother, wife, serial entrepreneur, humanitarian, active outdoors woman, and above all, one of the coolest people I know. Please welcome to the Everyday Vacation, April Garcia. I'm really excited to have you here. I, uh, you know, haven't told the audience yet, but we've met one-on-one as both business entrepreneurs online at mm-hmm. a, a brand builders group event. And, um, you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we ended up going out to dinner that same night. Yes. <laughs> and then I think we kind of like captured all the people we were with. Cause we kept talking by the elevator and everybody else wanted to go to sleep and we're like, oh, and then another thing and another thing. Yes. So, um, it was a great, great conversation. So a little bit about myself. So I'm a business advisor and a performance coach. Um, I, We'll start kind of in the professional realm. I run a consulting firm. Um, I also host a podcast, the Pivot Me podcast. And previously I worked in the corporate space and um, on the podcast, I say I made big businesses bigger and rich people richer. And then I made this pretty sharp pivot about four years ago where I said, you know, this is all well and good, but I really want to do something else. And it was really hard to step away from that because the combination of being good at something and being financially rewarding for something can really put the um, the handcuffs on us. Um, but I made that choice about four years ago and it's been the best decision I've ever made. So now I work with um, smaller businesses, no longer like the big billion dollar guys. Um, I work with smaller businesses and when I work on performance habits and time management, um, goal setting, all those things, when you work with a smaller business like that, you don't just change you know, the profit, you don't just change like the product launch. You really change um, the owner's lives. Uh, one of the ways I say it is I used to help businesses from stop, uh, I stopped them from sabotaging. Now I help business owners stop sabotaging. We all sabotage, by the way. Yes. Um, and it's been so rewarding. I love it. Um, I'm also, let's see, I'm also a wife. I'm also a mother of two daughters. Um, I live West Coast. I love the outdoors. So I'm an avid, avid outdoors person. In fact, I just told my husband last night, I think I'm going to become a birder at some point because it like incorporates all the things I love, animals, nature, walking and journaling. We'll see. Give it maybe 20 more years. But um, yeah, mountain biking and um, paddle boarding and all things outdoors. Um, and I figured out a way to balance it all. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I'll, I'll rephrase it, rebalance it. I always say that there's not really a balance. It's a constant yeah. rebalancing act, right? Right. That's one of the things that I feel like I really connected with you on when we first talked. We talked that we had such similar families, mm-hmm. similar uh, personality dynamics within the family. Uh, sure. I have to talk to you later about the birding thing because my 11 year old <laughs> just got into it. I'm not kidding. She's so into That's like awesome. birding. Yeah. So oh, I love um, it. But one of the things that really impressed me and I was just excited about is the fact that it is very evident. Like once, you know, once a person gets to know you, you're mm-hmm. like the real deal. Like you're not just saying this, you know, it's not just ideals that you're preaching. Like you're doing it, sure. you're busy, mama. But for whatever yeah. reason, you seem to have the energy, the capacity to go. And you just have this 
motivated vigor. It's not like a, Mm -hmm. I never get the sense of energy from you that like it's exhausting or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, like an obligation. So, I mean, do you have anything to speak to that? Like where, where do you get this motivation? Like, how do you keep it up? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I will tell you, it's funny because that's the question that I get asked most, especially offline. So people Mm -hmm. will come in as like the business advisor and kind of ask sort of the standard questions. And then what happens is like the camera goes off, the people leave the conference room and they're like, Hey, I got to ask you a question. (laughs) And so this is always like the sidebar conversation that happens. So I'm so glad you're bringing it to the light. Um, couple of things. I've got so many uh, things I want to share in, in that regard. So first you talked about, um, the energy and the motivation and kind of the attitude. There's so many ways that I manage it, but I will tell you, I'm a big believer that I can manufacture my own energy. I don't necessarily go, Oh, I'm just not feeling it today. Like I find a way to feel it. And it's not out of this like dreaded, like martyrdom of like, this is just what we do. And you know, if you're a mother, this is just what mothers do. And, um, it's not that I, I I do things to manage my energy. I do things to manage my state. Um, sometimes that's moving my physical body, not just exercise. I'm talking about like, now I have a standing desk, whether you have a standing desk or not, like don't sit down for 10 hours a day, like getting up and moving around, going for walks, moving my body. Um, a lot of times we think we have to feel it to move it. No, you move it to feel it. Yeah. So you may not feel inspired to get up and move your body, but once you do, you're like, Oh, I I do feel better. And just also, there's all sorts of little ways to get energy, like listening to your favorite pump up song. Um, a lot of times when we're feeling down or low in energy, we do things to push us farther down. And that's kind of like our brain. Like you can't necessarily trust your brain in this regard and that your brain's like, Oh, I'm just not feeling it today. Like it's all just so overwhelming. So I'm going to maybe scroll a feed that won't serve me. I'm going to watch a YouTube video. That's really just going to remind me of all the struggles in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying ignore the things that you're struggling with. We, we've got to, the best way to change something is to face it head on, but I'm very aware of the activities that I do. And is it going to serve me mm-hmm. or, or drain me? And okay. I ask that all the time. Um, so that that's kind of on the energy piece. And I'm very intentional. I'm very intentional of like, is this thing I'm about to do going to elevate me or is it going to drain me? And I ask that about people. I ask that about situations. I ask that about, you know, social commitments, all of those things. I, I'm not a big obligation. Like, well, I got to do this because this is just what you do. Yeah. Um, I'm not living anyone else's life. I'm living my life. Um, and there's a couple of things I'll say about that. Um, I'm a huge believer in mantras and affirmations. And what I always tell people is that you choose your mantra or it will be chosen for you. Mm-hmm. And if it's chosen for you, it's not going to be a good one. Our brain doesn't choose good mantras. It's like, oh, this isn't going to work out. Remember that one time you did that business? Or remember that <laughs> one time you talked to people and it was awkward? Like your brain pulls all of these like worst case scenarios because your brain is there to protect you. Yeah. Um, it's not there to help you design this big, beautiful life. And so I choose my mantras and MJ, I'm so intentional that I have parenting mantras. I have relationship mantras. I have marriage mantras. I have work mantras. And I'll say those over and over again. And at first you may not believe them, mm-hmm. but they start to rewire your brain that, um, and if it, if it helps, I'm happy to share some of my parenting mantras, but I say these things all the time and it helps me manage my energy, my state and how I show up in the world. I love that so much. And, you know, one of the things that I think get hidden underneath is kind of these meta uh, perspectives or meta emotions that we have. Right. So one of the things that 
I think happen. And it's, it's kind of always like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? We put ourselves on this high expectation where we're like, okay, we have to show up here. We have mm-hmm. to do this. We have to be hundred percent, 110%. Sure. We expect like so much out of ourselves that sometimes, sometimes it's quite the opposite. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, it's okay to say no. Like you said, it's okay yes. to not be obligated here. It's okay to take a break if you need it. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I think one of the things that I'm starting to just now get into with, you know, my community is talking about the meta emotion. So there's the first emotion, which is, I don't feel like it, or I'm tired, but mm-hmm. then there's a secondary emotion that comes. That's like, oh, I'm, I'm guilty or mm-hmm. I must be bad or, um, you know, how horrible of me, right. Which comes secondary to the main thing, which is like, why are you tired in the first place? Is yeah. it that your, you know, affirmations, your mantras are out of place. Is it your beliefs or is it the way that you're obligating yourself? Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. those mantras, I think affect those meta emotions because once you pile on that secondary meta emotion, it's like double the burden. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So, so it's so interesting. True. We, we don't talk about this quite a lot quite yet, you know, but I, you know, as I'm mm-hmm. like starting to dig deeper into this and discover, like it's kind of a self-sabotaging thing that we don't realize that we're doing. And so I was interested mm-hmm. what your thoughts were on self-sabotage. What, what are you to say to people who don't realize they're self-sabotaging? How can they identify it? What can they do about it? Yeah. So self-sabotage is literally, so since we both are brand builders, work with brand builders, that's the problem I solve is self-sabotage. So I love that you said self-sabotage. Um, I'll expand on that. But one thing I want to go back to is just to be clear, we're not using mantras to convince ourselves to do something that we shouldn't be do be done mm-hmm. at all. Like, Good so point. it's not like I have to go to my aunt Kathy's dinner. I don't want to, I'm going to tell myself a mantra that, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. Or, you know, it, it's going to be great. And I'm going to make aunt Kathy so happy. Like I'm don't use those to convince yourself to do stuff that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I don't want a mantra to be just another way that we guilt ourselves or burden ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and one other thing, and then I'm going to go to the self-sabotage thing. Um, when I walk people through like productivity exercises and things, I always make them to do the yes, no. And I created a third um, category, which is the parking lot list. And um, it was originally Derek Sivers who said this, but I loved that he said the phrase, if it's not a hell yes, yes. then it's a no, right? And so if Aunt Kathy's dinner is not a hell yes, it needs to be a no. And that's Mm -hmm. hard. That gets into boundaries. And then we got to manage that guilt. And well, I'm supposed to, and I should do this and, and all those sorts of, you know, ancillary emotions and thoughts that come off of that. But our lives need to look a lot more like hell yeses. Mm-hmm. Now, for people that don't like to be shoved into this sort of binary decision of like, well, it's not a hell yes, but it's not quite a no. And I created this <laughs> third category that I was like, there's this parking lot list. And this applies not just in like social obligations, but this is, applies in our business, in products and services that we want to deliver. It might be, okay, this needs to go in the parking lot. Like it's not going to happen now. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying not now. And I'll revisit in a month from now. Yeah. But really get in the habit of evaluating how you spend your time and energy and ask, does it really serve me? Like, is it not that we're just leading self-serving lives, but where we get really trapped is when we're sort of living these unconscious, unintentional lives. Well, I do it because my mother did it. I do it because my sister does it or my other coworkers or other business owners do it. Like the second you start getting into that trap, that's when you got to push away from the table and go, mm, does this really serve me? Yeah. And, and is it really going to get me to my three or goal? So 
I see that a lot, particularly I see that a lot with my female clients. Um, so always ask that question. So as far as self-sabotage, we usually don't know that we're doing it. We have actually incredibly predictable self-sabotaging these, these cycles that we get on. We're like this, the stimulus happens and then it's this cascade of responses that we do and they are very predictable if we pay attention. All the signs are there, like when this happens, I feel bad and then I do this and I do this and I do this. If we can, again, kind of sort of push back from the table or probably a better way to see it is, is see it from the 30,000 foot view. Mm -hmm. We actually see that we're just following patterns every day. And once we're aware of them, we can change them. So yeah. if I'm feeling bad and I fight with my kid and I feel, you know, I feel bad that we had this argument and I really wanted the night to go differently, I'm going to end up in the pantry and I'm going to end up eating something that I'm not even aware that I'm eating because when I fight with my kid late at night, this is my sabotaging pattern. Yeah. Knowing that, I can change that. So it's the stimulus is, um, you know, an, an argument with my daughter. And then there's the response, the unconscious response, sort of the unintentional response is like, I'm going to do this thing. But the truth is right in between stimulus and response, there's a space and that space is choice. But only if we recognize it, if we know our patterns, we're like, oh, this is, this is what happens. And this is true in business too. Like say we, we on a client call and the client shoots us down. They don't want our product or service. It's not a good fit for them. Or, you know, there's this undesirable conversation. We can kind of spin like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make my finances this month. Am I going to make payroll this month? And then we, we might go out and like shop or do something that doesn't serve us, but that's our self-sabotaging behavior. The yeah. biggest thing we can do, step one is being aware, first acknowledge we all sabotage. But really the first thing we need to do is recognize our patterns. The second we know it, like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You're like, oh crap, that's what I do. And that's when we can start to choose differently. First comes awareness, second comes choice. Yeah, that's so great. And I think too, at least, you know, in my experience and with a lot of my clients that I've noticed is there's this need to feel control. Mm -hmm. So in the moment when you're like, oh, I feel out of control, right? Cause it's usually something that's triggering like that, you know, mm -hmm. before the self-sabotage you're doing everything that you can to get control mm -hmm. and, and really the um, idea of like, okay, let's try to do something different. Let's be open to something that isn't a comfortable, you know, set of behaviors Sure, feels really disorienting and out of control. Yeah. Right. So how it's do so you true. get that, that power and that, you know, motivation to say, Hey, and sometimes that, you know, those lists of things that we do are under the guise of it. They add value, right? Like mm -hmm. maybe it is, yes, I need to say no to aunt Kathy's dinner party or, um, you know, not go to the gym this morning. Cause I really need to just get a break and give some time for myself, but we have all mm -hmm. these obligations. And so you know, when you are at that precipice of making the choice and the, every emotion in you, you know, every, like, you know what I'm talking about? There's this, there's this point where you're like, oh, I could, but it just seems so vague. Like how, how does one find comfort? How does one move forward into the unknown? You know, that the, a different habitual pattern of behavior that is more serving to themselves when this is the only way they know yeah to gain comfort and control well first is we need to know where we're headed so we're not just making decisions in um like 
small little decisions that we're not really aware of. Is this where I want to go? Mm -hmm. So clarity of what, where you're headed is really important. And one thing I want to say before I talk about the clarity, it's okay to give yourself space. Like our pages should have some white space and we've gotten in the habit and I I'm guilty of this too. We're like, I'm writing in all the margins. I was like, I could fit in this appointment here (laughs) and this, this, and it's fine. And then, then Instacart will come here and DoorDash is going to come there. And it's great because I've outsourced all these things. And, um, and I am very guilty of not leaving enough white space on my paper. And though that might look like a very productive April, it is not the happiest and most fulfilled April. Mm -hmm. And so I I just want to start with there, giving yourself space. Like if there is a moment where you just can't make it to the gym, you don't want to make it to the gym, you really feel like you just need this mental health break, that's okay. It's not what we do once that matters. It's what we do over a continuous period of time. So if you don't go to the gym and then you're on day six of not going to the gym, okay, well, now you've established a new habit and that's, you know, no good. So we're going to scale that back, but recognize that it's, it's sort of this compound effect of our decisions and our habits. It's not what we do once. And some days we're just going to need extra space. And I really wanna come back to our earlier point, a super happy, fulfilled life, and even a really productive, successful life has a ton of no's. Like if you imagine, like there's a lot of things that are left on the cutting room floor. Steve Jobs was only so successful because he said no to so many projects along the way, really good projects. We have to be okay. Like our no muscle has to be the strongest muscle. That's like gotta be the best tool in our arsenal. And what I see, what I see with my female clients as, as well is it's not using the no muscle. It's the, how can I do it all muscle? Yes. It's like, well, I'm really good at balancing and I'm really good at multitasking and da, 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 da. Like that is something that I see uniquely every time I see it in, in, in male clients as well. But for the most part, that's what we're doing. And, and to be clear, I struggle with this too. I was like, all right, well, we're taking on these initiatives and I think we can do all three of them at once. And then I'm like, no, 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 April. If you try to build three houses at once, none of them get the roof on and none of them you get to live in. So you got to build one house and then you take all the resources and build the second house. Yes. So just being aware that we've got to say no so, so, so much more than we are right now. You don't have to do all the things. I, I almost feel like no more often than yes, really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like when I have people do the yes, no um, parking lot list, your no list should be much longer than your yes list. Yeah. Because, you know, the old saying, if you say if you say yes to one thing, you said no to another. Mm-hmm that's okay as long as it was a choice so if you're like yeah i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay a little late at work today and i'm going to answer that client email that's okay but you've said no to something else and it's funny because i was just having this conversation with a client two days ago and he's like he's like well it was fine i just stayed an extra half hour i said were you a half hour later to pick up your son well well yeah it's like okay well then you said no to picking up your son on time mm. that's okay as long as it's yeah. a choice and again i don't want to use this as one more way to like stack parent guilt on top of more parent guilt right but but just make it a make it a choice you know so yeah. i i want really emphasize give yourself some space um say no a lot and then as far as what you're putting in your life or taking out of your life have a vision for your life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, especially since I talk on productivity a lot, a lot of people sit down and go, okay, April, tell me how to get there faster. And I always ask the question, where, where is, there? is there? Yeah. Like, like I don't, the worst thing I can do is teach you how to climb that ladder faster just to get to the top of a building that you never wanted to be in anyhow. Yeah. 
So get real clear. I, I do an exercise called the my three Y and it's essentially, where do you want your life and business to be in three years? And you have to do it independent of where you are now. Do not be constrained by, well, I have a 9 a.m. huddle every morning. Oh, well, I have to pick up my daughter at 2.45. Don't think about your current schedule. Don't think about your current financial constraints, business constraints, health, none of that. Just we're, we're untethered from that. And paint this picture of where you want to be in three years. And then once you get, and there's kind of a process to this, but, but once you're really clear on, well, this is what I would want in three years. Then you start to use that as a decision filter on, does my day that I'm leading today get me closer to that? Yeah. Is, is this commitment that I'm going to make? Is this product I want to develop? Is this promotion I'm going after? Does it get me closer to that? So many people that I work with in the corporate space, they'll come wanting a promotion. And I was like, I can help you get the promotion, but did you want to be the VP of that company? And they hadn't actually stopped to think about, do I actually want this thing? They're sort of just on this conveyor belt that we put people on yeah. and man, pause and think about whether you, again, the ladder metaphor, do you really want to be up that ladder or three years from now? Do you want to be in a completely different industry? Like take the time, honor yourself, but take the time to make sure that's really where you want to be in three years. I love that too, because, you know, sometimes I think from our current position, we think we might want to be there. Mm -hmm. And I think this goes right back to you're, uh, you know, saying pivot me, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're at a place. Right? Yep. And one of the things that I notice that I tend to do is like, once I'm committed to something, I'm like, I have to see it all the way through. Yeah. And, um, AJ Vaden, who, you know, of brand builders group, um, she was saying the other day that, uh, there's a, a big difference between choosing mm -hmm. to quit versus mm -hmm. failure. Right. And so getting true. up and going back and going at that failure thing again. So I'd love to hear you speak more on, you know, I, I do think there is probably only two to five things in any person's life that is truly important, right? Mm. Um, how, how would a person identify that and maybe speak on, you know, when, when do they notice a pivot point and what to do about it, you know, in that respect? Yeah. So, uh, so is it just kind of like casting a vision of where you want to be and then like, bringing it back or recognizing when you're in something that no longer serves you. Yeah, probably the latter, you know, okay. because I think a lot of us get into things and, and we had this original, you know, forethought and mm -hmm. now we're in the middle of it and you kind of get lost right in, in all the things. Sure. And, um, sometimes I think we don't stop and say, Hey, is this really where I want to be? Like, I know it was where I thought I wanted to mm -hmm. be, but now yeah. where do I want to be? you know, moving forward. Sure. And, and that's a hard thing to tease out MJ. Cause you have to kind of balance it. Like, Oh, is it just that I'm an entrepreneur, which means we kind of get into this shiny new object. Yeah. Like, you know, Oh, this was an amazing <laughs> idea. And then like three months later, we're like, mm, I don't know if I want to still produce it or yeah. pursue that. So it's a tough thing to tease out. I'm going to go back to the whole, where do you want to be in three years thing? So I get, let me give it a, for instance, this just happened uh, Saturday night at a barbecue. So I was invited to my friend's house. She had this big, she's uh, Kenyan and she's like, we're going to have this big Kenyan dinner. And I was like, all right, I'm here for it. So I was sitting next to one of her friends and she was talking to me about what she does and she's got this corporate background. And then I find out that she actually does life coaching on the side. And then she's telling me about this, um, um, I won't say her name in case she hears this, but then she also has this like pop-up pick this business on the side. And these all are things that she's passionate about and excited about. And what do I immediately know about her? There's too much, like there's yeah. too much. She's building three houses. None of them will ever get the roof on them. And she's passionate. She's got a lot of energy. She's, she's a very smart woman. Um, 
But when we chase two rabbits, we catch none, right? Old right. Russian proverb. She's trying to catch three rabbits and then frustrated at the progress. Well, of course, because you're like every morning you're out trying to catch three rabbits and they're all darting in different directions. So she was really struggling. What do I do? What do I do? She couldn't see where she is. Like when we're looking at our goals, if we're standing where we are looking ahead, it's very hard for us to get perspective, which is why I have people go ahead three years and look back. It's much easier to begin with the end in mind, like, all right, where do I want to be in three years? And then look back to where you are now. It helps us gain perspective. Yeah. When I asked her, what does three years from now? And I walked her through the whole thing, independent of where you're at now and all the things you're doing and all the people you hired for this business and how much you love this business. Forget all of that. I just want three years from now. Where are you living? How are you spending your days? We walked through this process and it was amazing because she said, we're sitting at a barbecue on a couch together. And she's like, I'm coaching people. I'm coaching women. I'm coaching women that were me five years ago. It's like, there's your answer. That's exactly what you need to be doing. Yeah. She had spent years trying to build all three of these things at once. But the answer was how she really wanted to spend her days was that. Here's the challenge, that's great clarity. Now comes the hard conversations. Now comes the difficult decisions. She's got a bunch of necessary endings that she needs to do. Mm -hmm. She's got things that she enjoys doing, but are maybe hobbies and not her, her primary calling. Mm -hmm. So I really wanna emphasize the get out three years from your life because then you can see things more clearly and then you're gonna have to make some necessary endings. So. You know, earlier I talked about entrepreneurs and how we get like all fired up about the shiny new object and then maybe we lose our steam. That is a way to understand if this thing you're pursuing is what you really want to do by looking in three years from now, is this what I still want to be doing? It's amazing how often when you ask someone in three years from now, is this the life you want to be leading? The answer is almost always no. No. Yeah. And that's really telling. And so that, again, you're pulling them out of their current situation and putting them three years from now and sort of an older, wiser version of them is looking back going, this, this ain't for you anymore. Yeah. And again, then comes the hard decisions and hard conversations. But if you're struggling with, is this thing for me? Should I keep pursuing this? Is it just that I kind of feel burnt out? I really do want to be an author, but man, I'm just so burnt out. I can't put pen to paper. That's okay. Get the perspective of three years from now, is there a book of yours on the shelf? Yeah. If the answer is yes, and you're burnt out, that lets me know we've got to say no to some things in your life today. Yeah. And, and it so is a constant, powerful. it's a constant trade-off, right? Like yes. saying no to things that maybe you want to do, but aren't your highest calling. Like, okay, I really want to be an author in three years from now. That might involve you saying no to some friends, some outings or some things, right. or maybe training for a marathon or, um, and, and when you have to say no to those things, some of the ways that you can do that is just saying, not now, April, mm -hmm. not now. Like I'm not saying I'll never train for a marathon. There, yeah. I, I wrote a travel memoir in my twenties and now I'm working with a literary agent um, to write a whole series of books about the work that I do now, which I am so pumped about. I love, love, love it. But I had to say, not now. I had to kick it out at least 90 yeah. days. Even though when I look at three years from now, there's a lot of books. There is a, there is a project I had to complete before that happens. I didn't say no to it. I said, not now. And I put it on my schedule. That was the other thing is like, put it on your schedule. So then it's real. And it's not just this idea that you keep kicking out and then you're going to pursue in five years from now, right. actually put it on your schedule, but you've got to get that clarity. And then you got to make some decisions after that. That is so powerful. I think, you know, we have a, a three-part process 
in my umbrella of what I teach my students. And the first one is to clearly identify. It's to make sure you know what is adding value to your life and, and then to take inventory. And like you say, it's a constant reprocess, right? So Mm -hmm. sometimes you think something may be serving you. And like you said, three months in, you got to say no. So Mm -hmm. there's a couple of things that I'm extracting from this. The first one being get clear. Yep. The second one being be okay with saying no, mm-hmm. like that's the brave thing to do, right? Like, yes, you know, that's, that's, that's confidence. That's commitment, I think. And, you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. we like to see ourselves as those type of people. So that's one thing I can encourage. Um, but then also, you know, there's this piece where y- you have to be kind of open that to the idea that, uh, y- honestly, like on an honest front that even though it seems like you might want all the rabbits, like yeah. all the rabbits, um, may not actually serve you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like individually you can see, like, I always say that there's this, there's potential value in everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were just like, so excited to like, yeah, you know, and it's this awesome attitude to have like this. Yes. Attitude. I can do it. Attitude. But it's interesting how, so when I first started this process for myself, um, I, the first thing I was like, it's like, Oh, I have to give up so much. Like I've already given up so much already. And then I get through and like, but then, you know, things start improving and it's like, you hit another wall and it's like, I have to say no even more. Yeah. Like how much more? And I was like, is my life just going to revolve around these few things, you know? Sure. Um, yes. <laughs> at first, yes. <laughs> it's a truth. But then the balance, the balance, like speak to, you know, the actual balance. Mm-hmm. Cause okay. So, so here we are point a, where it's like, how do I climb up the ladder faster? April? How do I get mm-hmm. there? Okay. I've identified mm-hmm. the there, but yeah. now you're in a place, April, where you have, you have mm-hmm. the kids, you have the pets, you have the travel, you have the business, you have the friend, you know, like so, mm-hmm. so explain to us how we go from just these couple things, you know, the one mm-hmm. house <laughs> that's, that we're very reluctant to have to say no to everything else to like feeling like I have all the things I have mm-hmm. the mental, emotional, physical capacity to mm-hmm. balance it all out. Yeah. How do you get there? Great question. So first I will say, know that you get, when you get in over your head, that's when you get taller. And so just trust, like if you're standing where you are and you're thinking three years out and you're like, yeah, but how am I going to manage that? You know, three years from now, I want to, I want a ski cabin in Aspen and I want this and I want that and da, 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 but I can barely get my lawn mode here. Yeah. You have to trust that every time you're getting in over your head, you get taller. And so the version of you three years from now is going to be so much taller than who you are now. So start with the trust that your capacity will continue to expand. So let's let's just start with sort of the faith component, like have unwavering faith that the version of you three years from now is going to be capable to handle all those things. Like the things that I thought were big problems five years ago, even right. two years ago, I was like, oh no, that's, that's, that's Tuesday afternoon. Right. Like we're good with that. Um, so, because I got taller, my capacity yeah. has grown so much more. So that's kind of on a, the sort of the unwavering faith component. 
Now, the sort of the practical, like, how do you get through your day-to-day component, which I think is what you're asking me about, like, okay, you've got the business and you've got the podcast and you've got the, all the things. Um, there's a few things that you do. Well, there's, there's so many. I've literally wrote a digital course on it called Multiply Me. And why did I pick the name Multiply Me? Because everybody would say, I feel like I need another one of me. Like, yeah. I need to multiply me. And I was like, oh, I see an opportunity here. Um, almost everybody wanted to know how to get more done in their day. So I'm going to give you a couple of very practical tools on how to do that. First, I'm going to go back to sort of the start of when we get clarity of where we're going. The first thing I do is have people practice what I call ruthless prioritization. Mm -hmm. So that's really saying, no, you don't get to build three houses. We're going to build one house or I always mix my metaphors. So we'll stick with the rabbits. Like you're going to chase the one rabbit and you're going to get it into a cage and it's going to be amazing. And then you're going to go chase the other rabbit. So what ruthless prioritization looks like is that every day from like a practical day-to-day standpoint, like we're talking about theoretical, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow, April, that's different? Each day, I want you to, once you have clarity of where you're going, each day, I want you to, when you're looking at the things you're going to get done today, establish the most important thing. Notice I didn't say urgent. Urgent is like maybe a client email, maybe it's a text message from someone, it's a phone call from someone. Those may feel urgent, they're certainly important to the person who sent it, but that's probably not gonna get you to your three-year vision. If someone's having a tech issue, yeah, you've got to address it. Like, oh, I'm in your course and something, there's a broken link, that's important. We need to address those things. That doesn't get you to your three-year vision. So for example, I gave the example of um, writing a book Every morning, that might be, I have to put a thousand words on the page before I answer a single email, before I return a single phone call or even a text message. You need to know every single day, what is your one thing? Mm. And again, not not urgent because often the most important things in our day do not bark the loudest. Like they're not like, hey, me, hey, me. There's nothing that says, April, you got to get a thousand words on paper each morning or whatever the goal is. If you want to run a marathon, it's okay. I got to get in three miles before um, I start my day. That doesn't bark the loudest. But if in three years from now, you want to be an endurance athlete, it's got to be moved to the front of your day. So what I tell people is establish your one thing each day. And it has to be done by 9.27 a.m. each day. Now, that time is very specific because if you've seen office space, like Milton that comes and burns down the building, I tell people that Milton's going to come and burn down your building every morning at 9.27 a.m. And it's the one thing that you're going to be like, man, I am so glad I got this one thing done before Milton came and burned everything down. Um, so this is how I love her day. But it, it's it's kind of just a funny way for everyone to go, did I get my one thing done by 927? I've worked with uh, sales and ops teams and now everybody knows like the 927. They're like, did everyone get their one thing done? It is so, so important because most of us um, from a work perspective, we start our day responding to the priorities of others. Mm-hmm. If we're a parent, we usually start our day responding to the priorities of our kids. Yeah, Those all need to be managed, but and, and, and I'm just going to give some truth to you right now. If you were a parent, you have to get up before your kids. You have to. Have to. And that is hard because you're like, but my baby wakes up at 530. And again, if you got a newborn, like you're in an alternative universe right now. So um, please give yourself some space and some grace to navigate that. But I have a nine and 11 year old. If I wake up when they wake up, I will not win the day. I am going to be frustrated. I might be resentful towards my kids. I'm amazed how many people are like, well, I need my sleep. And I'm like, I get it. I need my sleep. I hear that. Um, You win the morning. Okay. So if you want to win your day, you got to win the morning. How do you win the morning? 
the night before. The night before I was going to say, and how many people go to bed at like midnight because yes. like, this is my only downtime. You know, I need to watch my Netflix or scroll my social media in bed and get it. Is, you know, it's very, I get it. But almost always, whatever they did that night before that kept them up late, that's why they can't get up in the morning was not productive. It's not exactly. like, oh, I was up to midnight working on my manuscript. The hell you were, you weren't. We <laughs> yeah, were like exactly. scrolling TikTok and we're like, oh, this algorithm's really got, maybe maybe my parent is a narcissist. Maybe I should be more concerned about the whales. Um, <laughs> like that's what happens. That's what we spend our time doing, right? It's the truth. It's so it's true. So we've learned over the years, and it, this has only come into like practical practice now because we did have a newborn. He's now almost mm -hmm. 10 months. And so yes. finally we're in, out of that haze, but, um, every single one of us. And so I say every single, cause there's me, my husband, and then my brother-in-law and his girlfriend live on the property too. Mm -hmm. Um, we're all self-employed entrepreneurs mm, and okay. all of us baby our bedtime. Like our bedtime is so once it starts hitting eight o'clock, it's like pumpkin hour. And it sounds <laughs> so boring and so not cool. It's not sexy at all, but mm -hmm. there, but you, I'll tell you what you feel sexy. You feel productive when you can get up at five, 6am, mm -hmm. start your day with purpose, get the one, if not two most important things. So for me, number so one is my mental health. So I got to mm -hmm. do my meditation and my workout, mm -hmm. but then number two, which I'm guilty of not doing is, is I usually get to the urgent task and don't have the one thing that's going to get yes. me to that three-year goal. So I'm yes. happy for that reminder, but like you said, you have to, so let's talk a little bit more about this morning routine. Cause I'm obsessed about morning routines and the night Same. routines. Okay. Same. Tell me, tell me more. <laughs> so, well, I, I'll, truth be told, I'm obsessed about my morning routine. I'm not so good about my night routine because okay. I've had some sick, some hiccups there with, with kids and uh, yeah. Um, so my night routine's gotten a little off. Having said that, I do go to bed early for sure so that I can have the morning routine. So for my morning routine, I um I do the Savers Morning Routine by um Hal Elrod. I love I love the Savers Morning Routine just because it's so simple. So Savers is, you know, an acronym. S is for silence, which is really meditation. A is for affirmations, uh, V is for visualization, E for exercise. R for reading and S is scribe, which is really just journaling. And what I love about it is one, it's easy to remember. Two, in an ideal world, you're gonna do each one of those things for 10 minutes. That results into a 60 minute morning routine. Mm. Truth be told, I rarely do a 60 minute morning routine. So those are very scalable. I usually do about a 20 minute morning routine. If you're compressed for time, you could do each one of those six things for one minute. And then you have a six minute morning routine. Mm. So for me, I don't like a big workout in the morning. So I do like about a two minute workout. It's it's kettlebell swings, it's shoulder stretches first, kettlebell swings and squats. It's not necessarily for physical fitness, it's for waking up my body. Mm. Most days I'm up before the sun is up. And so I don't wanna like sleepily sit down in my chair and go, well, what's on the docket today? And I open up my, my inbox, which is what most people do. Like we just kind of roll out of bed, grab a cup of coffee and like, what do I need to do? Like what is what dog is barking that I need to quiet? That does not result in a highly productive or fulfilled day because I really wanna point out it's not just about getting more things done. I, I tell people, if I've just taught you how to get more things done, I've not been successful. It's also about feeling more fulfilled and energized at the end of the day mm -hmm. and getting the right things done. Like I'm not trying to create a machine out of you. I'm right. trying to, to sort of sculpt this really productive and also really fulfilled person. So I do, um, I, I do the Savers Morning Routine every single morning. And it is, I am 
committed to that. Even when we're on vacation, it's not as long. Again, I got two kids there. We're sharing a hotel room. Like I can't get up and do this like 30 minute elaborate (laughs) one. A lot of times we just went to Disneyland a few weeks ago and, you know, we're sharing a, a hotel room. Everyone's sleeping in the same room. So it mostly involved me waking up early in the morning and I would sneak out of the hotel room and I would walk around and do my savers morning routine. Mm. I am a better mother. I'm a better wife. I'm a better human when I do my morning routine. If I just wake up when the kids wake up and go to Disneyland, I mean, there's lots of opportunity to be super stressed out. Then what I find when I don't do my morning routine, I start feeling like my entire day is around serving others, my Mm -hmm. clients, my family, Uh, like that, that struggle is real. And so there needs to be time that you carve out for you Mm -hmm. so that you feel like you're serving yourself too, because, because nobody comes and says, you know, Hey, you've been working really hard. You should take some time off. Like that doesn't usually happen in our lives. So we need to not wait for someone else to give us permission to care and serve ourselves. You need to write, like sign your own permission slip. In fact, there's an exercise actually do in my masterminds where I give people permission slips. I'm like, all right, what do you need a permission slip for? Mm-hmm. For women, it's almost always this. Yeah. Like time for myself, time to care for myself, time for my mental health, time time where I am not serving or pouring into somebody else. So a morning routine is a really great time to do that. I love it. It's so simple too. It's something you can start right now. Like totally. Right now. If you forgot and- your morning routine this morning, just take you know six minutes and do one minute of the savers. It's amazing. Um, what, I think the biggest theme that I'm getting out of our conversation today is just intentionality. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't just passively go through our day and let everything hit us and overwhelm us. It's a constant, not just in the morning, not just in the evening, but even throughout yeah. the day, like, you know, am I doing what's serving me? Am I reaching my three-year goals? Am I taking the time to ask myself, what do I need permission for right now? Even if it's yeah. like one of those Pomodoro breaks, you know, five yes. minutes here. Huge yeah. in that. Huge in that. Yeah. Yes. It, you're really talking about taking back your power. Yes. And a lot of people feel like they are powerless against their schedule, against their business, uh, sometimes in their family. And one thing that I'm always advocating for is taking back your power, take back yes. your power over your schedule, that your schedule isn't happening to you. You're allowing it to happen. happen. Yes. And that, that can kind of hurt a little bit. Cause we're like, oh, but my business is just so demanding. No, you've created a demanding business, mm-hmm. which means that you can create a less demanding business. Yes. And so what I'm constantly advocating is for, and when we take back our power, it's not like I'm so frustrated. That's it forget you all. I'm, I'm canceling all my clients. I'm doing this. We have to take back our power, not in like a giant power grab. We take it back in the ounces in which we give it away. Mm. Every time we say yes to something that's not serving us, we're giving our power away. Right. Every time we put something in our schedule that we know we don't have time for, but we feel bad for someone, or we feel like we should do something, we're, we're giving our power away. And mm-hmm. so what I'm advocating for is take your power back. If you want an amazing life, It's not by me teaching you how to be an amazing multitasker. It's about you aligning your daily activities and habits to have that amazing life. Yeah, that's huge. Amazing. So many amazing nuggets. And I appreciate you sharing and taking the time to be here with us. Um, And I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to just rewatch this whole thing because it speaks to me too. Um, Before we do wrap up though, I wanted to ask you one question. Uh, I have this phrase called, uh, create an everyday vacation for yourself. Mm. And 
I, I think this is kind of like you, you know, this went back to like, you're not trying to create a machine. You're trying to live a happy, balanced, fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. What, what does an everyday vacation look like for you? Ooh, great question. Um, so let me think, I, I'm thinking of the components first. So I mentioned I'm a big uh, outdoorsy person, so it's going to have a lot of outdoorsy. Um, it's going to have my family in it not the entire time. Um, (laughs) they're going to go out and do an activity in my everyday vacation. Um, so an everyday vacation to me, um, is waking up in the Sierra Nevadas with a beautiful view of a lake, um, doing a solid morning routine outside where I can hear some birds. Cause you know, I love the birds, um, going for a swim in the lake. Then my family wakes up and it's going to be great coffee, great conversation. We're going to go for a mountain bike ride. Um, and then maybe we have some friends that come over and the kids are off doing some activity for a couple of hours. Um, and I'm writing some of my books. So the book series that I'm, I'm working on right now, I'm putting two or three hours into that, um, engaging conversation with my family, with my spouse. We've got friends coming over for dinner that night, amazing food, um, When I look for an everyday vacation, it always has the outdoors. It always has physical fitness. It always has family. It always has really good conversation. I love really good, deep conversation. Mm -hmm. It always has music, probably like a Jack Johnson or John Mayer mix is in there somewhere. Um, I love it. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's connection. It's connection to the outdoors and connection to people. And how many of these elements in this, this, it sounds like a perfect vacation, right? How many of these elements do you personally incorporate every single day? <laughs> it's, it's funny because I'm literally on Thursday going to a cabin on the lake with a private dock, which <laughs> awesome. I expect, which I'm going to swim in. I've got a friend um, that's flying in and we're going up there. I, yeah. So in the morning, I'm spending it with my family, good quality time with my family. And then I'm going to go up. I'm going up to the cabin early. S- yeah. I pretty much just described Thursday um, a <laughs> lot. Awesome. A lot, I mean, but and you it's not. Tell, I didn't prep you for this question. You did it, <laughs> and I was like, "This is pretty much Thursday." Um, so, here's the thing: these things are not easy. Let's just be honest; these are not easy to put into your life. It's not easy for me to get away to the cabin. It's not easy for me to go to swim in a mountain lake. But I love doing this thing. Um, it's not easy for me to create engaging conversation with my kids because you know there's other things that they may want to do over spend time with their mom. Um, not, not yet, but I think when they're about two years older, that's going to happen. These things aren't easy, but they're freaking magnificent. Like Mm -hmm. these things are worth the work. It is worth the work for me to reschedule my Thursday so that I could go up there. It is worth the work to, I'm willing to inconvenience myself for an amazing life. Yeah. And I, I don't want, I don't want to paint a picture that this is super easy. It's intentional. And then once you do it, it gets easier, but so many people, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. So many people have said, I, I'd like to do what you do. I, I, I'd i like to go, my kids and I go on adventures all the time, MJ. It's like our jam, right? We're yeah. always up to stuff. And I can't tell you the amount of moms specifically who've said, oh, I'd love to do the same things with my kids. And yet they never come. So do it. Yeah. Every time I invite, they don't come because yeah. it's inconvenient because we got to clean the house and we got to do groceries and I just don't feel like it and all the things. Be prepared to work for and inconvenience yourself for a magnificent life. And it is worth it. It truly is. When I look back at my week, I love my week. 
I love how I design it. I love who I spend my time with. I love the activities that we do. It was worth the work. Mm. So many chills. I love it. It's such a strong note to end on. I mean, what is life if we're not living it for the very things that are important to us, right? Um, it is what creates that fulfillment and it is absolutely so worth it. So thanks so much, April. I just want to give you a big hug, like big virtual hug. Awesome. This is amazing. Yes. I can't I wait till we see so each much. other in person again. I know. It, my probably like, Nashville oh. sometime. Yes. Some absolutely. event. Or yes. we just got to come see you on the West Coast or vice versa. We so. do have some amazing mountain lakes. You yes. would probably love swimming in as well. We would absolutely enjoy that. So thank you so much, though, for sharing your time with thank me you. here and with my community. I appreciate you so very much and just absolutely appreciate this conversation. Absolutely. It was amazing. I love it. I love what you're doing and what you're doing for your community and for your people. And it's been an honor to be here. Thank you. On a last note, before we leave, can you just let our audience know where to find you? You know, what cool things you have to offer. I'm going to stick in the show notes and just make sure if y'all haven't checked out April, I haven't even heard of her. You got to check her out. She's an amazing person in and out and has obviously amazing wisdom to share. Thank you. So probably, um, let's see the best pace is, um, our website is pivot dash me.com. Cause what are we talking about other than pivoting ourselves? Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, I host the pivot me podcast. It's on all channels and Spotify and iTunes and wherever you're looking for it. Pivot me is one word. Um, and that's where I do solo podcasts talking about these things. And I also interview some amazing guests there too. Awesome. So check it out y'all. Thanks for checking this out today. And thank you again, April. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. So there you have it, fam bam. So many nuggets of wisdom. If you haven't yet, check April Garcia out. Make sure you follow her. I'll put her links in the show notes and video description. Thank you so much for being here. I'll catch you next time.